welcome to the Den of Dissidents. This is a show where we challenge the current culture and mainstream talking points of the day. What is the news telling us? What is the culture telling us? Where is our civilization headed? And by what standard do we judge these issues? Are you a dissident? Let's find out. What is going on, world? I am back. I know I haven't posted a podcast in a while, but I've been working on this video and it requires a lot of time. Editing can be very time consuming, so um, this is why I haven't posted a podcast. But today I am airing a uh, audio version of the video that I made. I uploaded it on on my Rumble channel and I'll post the link to the Rumble channel so you can watch the video if you want. Um, but on today's video or today's uh, show, it's the audio version of this video where I am examining Joe Biden's worldview and looking at his policies and judging them from a biblical and constitutional perspective. And I break down why I'm doing that from that particular perspective in the video as well. Um, and so we're going to start with the issue of gender very simple issue um you know i wanted to start with the uh the basics of life two plus two is four and then we work our way from there we look at his policies and ask ourselves are these worldviews and policies flawed or are they correct and true so i hope you guys enjoy this broadcast also um i'm gonna post a link to on a way for you to support the show and I'm going to post another link for a philosophy course. So there's a course um, by a gentleman by the name of Jay Dyer, <clears throat> Philosophy 101. And this um, course talks about Western philosophy, but it also teaches you how to think, not what to think, but how to think. And it breaks down different worldviews and teaches people about logic and how to form, um, I guess, an intellectual defense for themselves and how to have rational thoughts or look at the world in a more rational way and to develop a sound way of thinking, a correct way of thinking. Again, not teaching you what to think, but how to think. And you could be Maybe you might not be into philosophy. You're not into reading and digging for knowledge, but I guarantee you that you will appreciate this. It's very entertaining. The The instructor is very comical um, and it's insightful. It's educational and it's entertaining. And, and that's what uh, makes it such a good course, in my opinion. So on that note, I'll, uh, I'll post a link to that in the um, description. But yeah, let's get into this broadcast. Again, there's a link to the video. Check it out. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Peace. What is the deal, people? We are back. So let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so I'm going to do um, some commentary on President Joe Biden and his policies. So let me just start here. During the last presidency, I saw a lot of outrage. I saw a lot of anger um, towards the last president. People were very upset and disgusted because of his 
character and um, his morality, or they would say the lack thereof. And so, you know, I mean, the level of outrage was just through the roof, I thought. So I said to myself, okay, well, this seems, this indicates that they want something better. And they have a high level of expectations when it comes to a leader and they have a high standard or a standard of morality and character that they expect from their leaders. So I said, okay, they're outraged about this guy. I want to see who they're going to replace him with because it seems like they're so disgusted with this one that surely they would want better and they would want to replace him with somebody better. So here we are two and a half years later. And I said, you know what? I'm going to check out the policies of this new guy that we have. And I want to see if the current replacement was better than what we last had. And I, I want to, you know, talk about the outrage that the people, the anti-Trump um, protesters had and their outrage and talk about how they feel about this uh this new president. So let's just start from a very basic fundamental level. We're just we're going to talk about the issue of gender. Very basic, simple. Um, I don't think there's anything that complex about this, to be honest. Some would argue with me and say there is. But, you know, we, we all know what gender is, what a man is, what a woman is. But anyway, um, President Biden um, had a discussion with a guy named Dylan Mulvaney. And Dylan Mulvaney is a uh, famous TikToker. He became famous for um, transitioning. He's a man, but he started documenting his transition into becoming a woman. And so uh, it kind of blew up on TikTok. So let's play some clips of that. I might skip through the video. But um, anyway, let's get into that. Uh, we're going to move on now to trans rights. There have been many anti-LGBTQ plus bills introduced and enacted, outlawing things like gender affirming health care and banning kids from playing sports. To go deeper into this issue, here with us today is Dylan Mulvaney, who's welcomed us into her life by, you know, showing on social media her girlhood series. Let's take a look. My name is Dylan Mulvaney, I am a trans woman, and I am documenting my transition publicly on TikTok for the world to see. When people started watching and the numbers kept getting higher, I realized quickly how public my transition would be. Of course I knew that there would be backlash and negativity. I try to not let the internet's words hurt me or my spirit. But do you know what does hurt? Seeing people in power and authority figures creating laws and bills that are actively trying to harm us trans humans, especially trans children. Our lives have become political talking points. Lawmakers in many states want to exclude us from participating in sports or getting proper health care. Okay, so you have a basic understanding of where he's coming from. So let's just jump into the conversation that he has with uh, the president. 221st day of to their true Hello. identity. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, thank you. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need, and that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? 
I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. You know, I think I was saying before we started that my son, my deceased son, used to be the Attorney General of the State of Delaware. He passed the most, the broadest piece of legislation that he, as Attorney General, can, uh, was able to convince the legislature and the governor to sign that dealt with uh, all gender-affirming capability. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you sometimes they try to block you from being able to access certain medicines, being able to access certain procedures, and so on. None of that should be available. I mean, uh, you know, no, no state should be able to do that, in my view. So I feel very, very strongly that, uh, that you should have every single solitary right, including, including use of the, your gender identity bathrooms in public. Thank you. Thank you. And it, it feels like Republicans have turned trans and non-binary people into this thing to blame society's downfall on in some ways. And this narrative is not only dangerous to our mental health, but also our physical safety. And particularly trans women of color are being murdered at an alarming rate. More than any other group of people. Thank you. How can Democratic leaders be more effective in advocating for us trans people and our families and our lives and our opportunities? I'm not being facetious when I say this, being seen with people like you. No, I mean it. I genuinely mean it. People fear what they don't know. They fear what they don't know. And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, this is what they're telling me to be frightened of? This is the problem? This is, I mean, people change their minds. People are just don't know enough to know. And it's not because of, intellectual incapability, it's just lack of exposure. And, uh, and I think that uh, it's really important that we continue to speak out about the basic fundamental rights of all human beings. And the idea, the idea that what's going on, you know, in some states, I won't get into the politics of it, but in some states, it's just, it's outrageous. And I think it's immoral. The trans part's not immoral. What they're trying to do to trans persons is immoral. Thank you. And do you have any messages to the families of trans folks that are seeking, you know, uh, options for their children, um, but are struggling to find resources? Do you have a message to those parents? Yeah, I do. Um, this is blood of your blood, bone of your bone. And uh, um, it is... Uh, Again, speaking to my son, when he was, he was spent a year in Iraq and he was a decorated soldier, he volunteered to go, as a, he had to give up the Attorney General's job and then came back to it. And uh, he started a, a, a foundation I'm not allowed to talk about now because I can't raise money for it any longer. But it was for abused children. And one of the things he did, he's raised millions of dollars, this organization, to basically educate parents as to what they should not be afraid of um, and to educate the community as to what is what, what is just pure hyperbole and and uh, so I just think it's a matter of leaders speaking out and uh, and saying as I told you I mentioned a young woman who used to be in his staff used to be in my staff um, who is now a state senator. 
a, a number, and she's trans, and she's a, a, you know, a state senator in the state of Delaware, in an area that was historically very conservative, the part of Delaware. And she, uh, she's running unopposed this time. Um, so things are changing. Things are changing, but it's a matter of us acknowledging that there's nothing to be, just because it's different, there's nothing to be fearful about. Oh, okay, so that was that. All right, so let's, uh, let's just examine this. Um, let's, let's look into this. So he said, God, he, the president said, God love it when she was talking about her transition, when he was talking about his transition, or he wants to call himself a she, whatever. Um, the president said, God love it. I don't think God loves it. If we're talking about the God of the Bible, but he also said um, you should have every solitary right, including the use of gender identity bathrooms. Well, when you think about it, when you think about bathrooms and how bathrooms have been um, set up for a long time, they're, they're distinct. There's a man's bathroom and there is a woman's bathroom. So when he talks about gender identity bathrooms, I mean, if, if you get rid of the distinction and you can be whatever you want, then there really is no identity because what you're doing is you're stripping the identity away from a man and from a woman, since you believe that a man can be a woman and a woman could be a man. So what is the point of having gender identity bathrooms? I mean, that According to what we're talking about here, you know, this whole transition thing, I mean, there, there is no identity, but we know that's not true, objectively speaking, because there is biological identity and there's biological truth. Um, he says that people fear what they don't know. I don't think that people fear or are afraid of um, transgenders. I, I think that people see that this is um, confusion. And so they're pushing back against this, this uh, lack of objectivity in the areas of gender. They're pushing back against this, this denial of truth of science in the area of gender, because this could produce a lot of confusion, especially in children. Um, he says that the president says that, um, the trans part isn't immoral, but the people trying to or the people that are protesting or pushing back against the transgender movement, that's immoral. Like the states banning the, the uh, transgender surgeries, things like that. He's saying that's immoral, but the trans part isn't immoral. So that right there tells you that he is in agreement with the whole idea, the ideology of a man wanting to transition into a woman. So he is okay with denying biological truth. He's okay with denying truth, scientific truth. Okay. We know again, biologically speaking, that there are distinctions between a man and a woman. And he is acknowledging that it's okay in a sense to deny this truth. It's okay for you to be whatever you want to be. And to be honest, it's really not, I mean, you, you, you have the right to call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, 
But you're not entitled to your own truth. Truth is truth, right? So you know how people say you're entitled to your own opinions, but not your own facts. So he is okay with denying truth in this area. So what else did he say? Um, he said, um, Dylan Mulvaney also talked about um, parents struggling for resources for transgender procedures, you know, for their kids and things like this. So then Joe Biden says, um, um, this is blood of your blood and bone of your bone. So when he says that, that's implying that the parents He's, he's sending a message to parents like parents. Hey, if your child, if your little boy, little little Tommy wants to start wearing dresses and he wants to turn into little Sally and get a procedure done. This is blood of your blood. This is bone of your bone. You need to sympathize with that child. You need to empathize because this is blood of your blood. Don't be cruel to your child. Because you guys are family. So go ahead and allow your child or your, your loved one to do whatever they, whatever they want and to deny their gender, deny their bio, deny biological truth and science itself. The law of nature, God's law, really. Whether you believe in God or not. So he's saying, this is blood of your blood. Go ahead and let them do that. And we know that um, you know, for all the parents out there, you don't just let your child do whatever they want to do just because they're blood of your blood, bone of your bone. You know, that's not an excuse to uh, permit your child to go and, you know, remove their private parts so that they can become something else or attempt to become something else. And regardless of what you try to do to your body, you are who you are. Biologically speaking, you, you can you can try to be a giraffe. You can put a, a tail on your back and try to be a dog all you want. But, you know, if you're a man, you're a man. And that's it. That's just how you were created. This is the law of nature. This is science. This is truth. So um, anyway, I'm going to show some other videos, but I just want to start there because this is a very simple concept and we know what gender is. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, this is how we produce people, okay? You, you have to have two different genders in order to produce a gender in the first place, right? Um, so this is where he stands on this. I'm gonna play a few other videos to give you an indication of what his worldview is on this position. So we're gonna break this down. Let's keep going. All right, so we're gonna play this next clip uh, real quick and um, I'm gonna give you some commentary, but um, before I get into it, you know, I, in regards to that last video that I just played, um, you remember like during 2020, um, when people started getting sick, you know, the government kept saying, trust the science. You would hear that, that popular saying, trust the science. And so now when you look at this situation, you got a question, okay, is this scientific? I mean, sh should we still trust the science? Because now the science that they're talking about seems a little inconsistent and it's it doesn't make sense, in other words, but yet they want us to trust the science. I mean, should we have trusted the science back then? Should we trust the science now? What is it? Because science does have something to say about this issue. And it's been saying something about gender for thousands of years. 
But for whatever reason, you know, I guess, you know, science is changing up on that. But anyway, let me um, play this clip real quick. And one more thing. I was talking to a young guy and he, he was talking about the old older generation and how the older generation view young people sometimes. And you hear the older generation say things like, um, oh, this this young generation they are so crazy. They're so wild. It just just not like my generation. I don't see where the world is going and well, I don't know where the world is going and this, this and that. And then he said to me, how do you expect the younger generation to act when they're getting bad advice from their elders? How do you expect them to act or why are you so surprised that the younger generation is acting as crazy as they are when their elders are giving them this type of advice. So when you have an older man talking to a younger man and telling him it's okay to transition and be a woman and um, even go to the point where he, you remove your parts, right? To, to try to transition into this other gender. This is what an older man is telling a younger man. Um, how do you expect the younger generation to act? When this is the kind of uh, advice that they're getting from their elders, and when he when he told me that, man, I was like, wow, that's it hit me, it hit me. So, um, just something to think about. Anyway, let's get into this next clip, and then um, I got a few words to say on that. I wanted to I wanted to ask you a slightly different question. So, um, my partner Josh and I have been engaged for the last five years, which really only means that every auntie and uncle that I have is beyond disappointed that there hasn't been a wedding yet, but. Uh, but Cardi B is going to marry us, apparently, officiate our wedding, which would, which would be nice. But my, my question for you, Mr. President, is you codified uh, support for same-sex marriage and interracial marriages like, like ours. I'm curious what your evolution was like on marriage equality and what the federal government might be able to do to protect LGBTQ Americans, especially trans kids who are dealing with all these regressive state laws that are popping up right now? I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. Hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh -huh. the truth. And I was, a, I was a senior in high school, and my dad was dropping me off. And I remember about to get out of the car, and I looked to my right, and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building, one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked at my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been, it's, it's, it's never been, it's just that simple. It doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's same sex or a heterosexual couple. They should be able to be married. What is the problem? So listen to your auntie and your uncle. Get married. Do it now. <laughs> Don't wait. Uh, transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man, or I want to become a woman, or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. Well, 
And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Thank you, sir. Uh, I also can tell that, like, some auntie or my mom probably texted you beforehand if, no, no, if no. you're trying to pressure me to. No, no, but get moving, man. <laughs> I don't want to I hear will. you can't do it. Okay, so that was that. Um, so a few things there. Um, you know, he's telling this guy, go marry another man. Uh, Same-sex marriage, I mean, you know, marriage by definition is between a man, a man and a woman. So what they did there was they re redefined marriage. Now you could just do whatever you want. You, you want to marry whoever, you could marry whoever. So this is what happens when you start redefining things, start redefining terms, and everything becomes subjective and subjected to man's law man's opinion of the law you know anything goes pretty much but um he brought up kids that want to be transgender and he says uh what's going on in florida is sinful and terrible um what they're doing and um what, what he's referring to is the uh transgender ban um that florida put into place on minors and um he's saying that it's terrible what they're doing in florida so Basically, he's saying that, you know, it's okay. It should be okay for kids to be able to do this. So when Florida goes and bans it, he thinks that's wrong. So it shows you his his values, his morals, and, and his ideology on this topic. Um, then he says, um, what are they thinking? What are, as, if, as if, you know, some of the, the, the parents or Florida is, is crazy for wanting to put these uh, measures in place. What are they thinking? You know, if you would, if you rewind back maybe 50 years ago and, and people told you, hey, this is, I think it's okay for my child to do this. That person would have asked you, what, what are you thinking? See, now it's reverse. Now he's asking the people that are not okay with kids transitioning. He's asking them, what are they thinking? So who's right and who's wrong? So this tells you his ideology and where he's coming from. He's looking at them like they're crazy, but really, personally, I think it's the other way around. Um, and then he says, um, you know, he's basically talking about, he's saying it's okay for little boys and little girls to remove their parts and take puberty blockers. And um, and then he says, if you, when he was talking about, um, uh, gay marriage and the legislation, he's saying, um, if you mess with that, you're breaking the law and you'll be held accountable. So it sounds like he wants to put some laws into place that will enable people to go and have these surgeries, even kids who want to transition. And if you try to mess with that law and break it, you'll be held accountable. So this is the direction that he wants to go in. Um, and then he talks about, you know, being cruel. Um, so, I mean, is it cruel for a parent to tell their child, no, I, I don't want you to remove your parts because you want, because you think that you're something else. That's cruel. So if, you, if your child says, hey, daddy, um, you know, little Tommy says, daddy, you know, or uh, little Ryan says, daddy, I want to be Rebecca tomorrow. You know, I, I want to start doing this with my body and I want to um, 
start putting on stockings and all of this craziness, right? If he tells, if he tells his parents that, you know, the parents should just be like, oh, okay, okay, Ryan, go ahead and do that. You know, because after all, the president says we're cruel if, if, if we don't allow you to do that. You know, he's saying it's cruel for parents to put that kind of restraint on their children in a sense. I don't want to say he, I don't want to say he said that directly, but this is what he's implying. Um, somebody made a joke and um, about this and he, uh, this guy said, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pirate. So what if my kid, what if my parents took me seriously and they said, okay, son, you want to be a pirate? And and the kid said, yeah, I want to be a pirate. I want to remove one of my eyes, put an eye patch on myself, and I want to get a peg leg, remove one of my legs, and um, be a pirate. So, you know, the parent's supposed to be okay with that? Kind of, is it kind of a crazy example, but you see where I'm going. It, it all sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. So I'm going to give, I gave a ridiculous example because <laughs> that's where we're going with all of this. But, um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's cruel to confuse your child and lie to them about who they are biologically and allow them to take puberty blockers and, and medication. I don't, I, I don't. I wouldn't even call it medication or um, to have surgery that will forever change their bodies and to change the way that their bodies were, were made and designed to function. That is cruel. It's not cruel to have restraints on your child and, ha and tell your child, no, you cannot do this with your body or give them the proper guidance. But anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna um play another video shortly and I'm gonna um say some words about that, but let's move on to the next. Okay, so on this next clip I'm gonna play um a clip of uh Rand Paul with Rachel Levine, who is the assistant secretary of health um in the uh Biden administration. And so this is an exchange between um, Rachel Levine and Rand Paul. And Rand Paul is questioning her about transgender medicine and puberty blockers and whether or not kids should be allowed to um, uh, make the decision themselves to um, change their genders or to take these uh, puberty blockers and this transgender um medicine, quote unquote. So let me play this exchange real quick. Mutilation has been nearly universally. <clears throat> Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. 
Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty block cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia. You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake, but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and to talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID 
are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the age of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. Thank you so much, Senator. I can't thank, vote for you if you can't. Thank you so it. much, Senator Paul. Senator Levine, thank you for uh, answering the okay, question. Okay, so that was that clip. And um, I forgot to mention that Rachel Levine, here he is right here. Um, if you didn't know, hold on, I just had her on screen. All of a sudden, she doesn't want to come. Okay. Uh, so Rachel Levine um, is a man who identifies as a woman um so transgender man if if that's the thing but yeah i forgot to mention that because that's an important part um so yeah you're looking at a man right here who um is transitioning into being a woman so a couple things here um rachel levine talked about transgender medicine um so you know when i think of medicine i i think of um something that cures you Right. And so I, I went to Webster's and I looked up the definition of, of uh, medicine and Webster's definition is a substance or preparation used in treating a disease. This is what medicine is for. So when you give a child or you, you or an adult, you know, when you give someone a substance that attempts to change their biology and alter their masculinity or their femininity and, and change their, their natural state. I mean, would you call that medicine? Would you call it a, a medicine, a substance that um, stops the natural progression or natural development of your body, of a child's body? If a little boy is going through puberty and you give him a substance that blocks him, or blocks his body from be able, being able to develop into a man, um, you know, growing certain hairs or developing certain masculine features. Is that medicine? I mean, would you classify that as, as something that's curing that child or curing that adult? You probably wouldn't. Um, so Rachel Levine really couldn't answer the questions. Um, he couldn't give a, um, a a strong defense or I mean, really just couldn't give a clear answer, period. Um, and he couldn't answer whether minors should be allowed to decide for themselves if um, they want to take puberty blockers. Um, and so, you know, when I play this clip and I listen to it, I mean, it's just crazy that we have arrived at this point. Th these are the discussions that we are actually have having. The fact that I even have to do this video is crazy. But anyway, um, just just a crazy conversation. And I mean, look, look at this. Look at look at where we are. Look at the people that are inside of the government in positions in health departments. OK, so she he is the assistant secretary of health. Think about that. Health. Health is something that promotes optimal well-being we're talking about a person's well-being that's when you're healthy that's when you're in your your optimal state in a state of health that's a positive condition to be in and this is the person that's 
the assistant secretary of health. And um, he was talking about transgender science. But anyway, um, I got one more video I want to play that that's um, touching on this agenda. And so let me um, bring that up real quick. This is this is going to be a video with um, Katanji Jackson. And um, hold on one second. Sorry. Let's, so let's Katanji Jackson is the first uh, black female Supreme Court or first black female to be on the Supreme Court. And um, she was being questioned before she was uh, confirmed as um, a justice. So I'm going to play this quick clip. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm going to fast forward um to provide a little context. So this this congresswoman was um, asking Katanji Jackson about kids who identify as transgender and transgender education in the schools and things like that. And she was just asking her some basic questions. So um, let me just fast forward to that real quick. Okay, just to give you a little context. All right, here we go. With every day, every week, don't have the funds to send their child to a private school. They're relying on the school systems, the public school systems, and it is important to them to have a Supreme Court that is going to protect parental rights to teach these children as parents see fit to have their children taught. And um, I I will tell you, too, uh, with Georgetown Day School, I found it astounding that it teaches kindergartners, five-year-old children. And I've got grandchildren. And they teach them that they can choose their gender. So is this what you were praising when you applauded the, and I'm quoting you, transformative power of Georgetown Day School's progressive education? Do you agree that our schools should teach children that they can choose their gender? Senator, I'm not um, remembering exactly what quote you're um, referencing, but Georgetown Day School is... A, it was in a, a book, in a, and you gave the quote. Okay. Georgetown Day School is a private school. Yes. Um, that. Um, yeah, I, I'm asking, do you agree that schools should teach children that they can choose their gender? Senator, I'm not making comments about okay. All right. what schools can teach. Let their me let me ask you this then. Uh, you, United States versus Virginia, the Supreme Court struck down VMI's male only admission policy. Writing for the majority, Justice Ginsburg stated, supposed inherent differences are no longer accepted as a ground for race or national origin classifications. Physical differences between men and women, however, are enduring. The two sexes are not fungible. A community made up exclusively of one sex is different from a community composed of both. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, 
Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me to okay, comment I'd, as to whether all or right. not. I'd love to get your your opinion on, on that, and you can submit that. Do you interpret Justice Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female? Again, because I don't know the case, I don't know how I interpret it. I need to read the whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and I, could come to the court. So I'm and not able to. And I think it tells our girls that their voices don't matter. I think it tells them that they're second-class citizens, and parents want to have a Supreme Court justice who is committed to preserving parental autonomy and protecting our nation's children. So I um, let's move on. I want to go to okay. the- Okay. So that was that. I mean, she, she really couldn't give an answer for anything. She didn't give a clear answer for just about anything. I, I, I mean, like, if she was trying to defend her position, she did a horrible job on where she stood on the issue because she basically did not say anything, nothing of substance. But anyway, um, I mean, she said, um, I'm not a biologist when she asked, you know, what's a woman? Um, I mean, do you have to be a biologist to know what a woman is? You know, um, it's like, do, do I need to be a veterinarian to know what a dog is? Do I need to be a mechanic to know what a car is? I mean, this this is where we are in America. This is so crazy. If you don't, if you look at this video and you don't think this is just, I mean, ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And, and we're talking about people in some of the highest positions in our country. You're talking about people who are in high positions of authority, the highest courts of the land. And she can't tell you what a woman is. Um, 
Now, she's asking her these questions to understand her worldview on the issue, and she can't give a simple answer. And, you know, I, I just played a few videos for you. I played the video, uh, two videos in the beginning with Mo Vaney, um, Rachel Levine, now this one and the other one. And I, I want this to be an indication to you of what kind of worldview you are getting from your current administration. This is the ideology that they they are promoting. Okay? And th this is what happens when you abandon truth and when you abandon God. Now everything becomes um, relative. Everything becomes subjective. Um, you come up with your own standard of right and wrong and morality just becomes a matter of opinion, really. And this is when you enter into moral chaos. And so you, you begin to deny truth. And even when the, the science itself confirms that reality does exist, truth does exist in regards to gender. But this is anti-scientific. This is anti-science. And we know that biological truth um, exists and genders actually exist. And this has been confirmed not only by the God of creation, um, but by science itself. It's, it's self-evident, you know, that male men have certain parts, female have certain, females have certain parts. Obviously, this is so basic. Um, but when the government says trust the science, you know, they're, they're saying that we should basically trust their opinion on this. Um, and it really, what it's doing, it, it's causing a lot of confusion, especially for children and, and for your, for young adults. Um, you know, I always say like the law of gravity exists, you know, you don't have to believe in the law of gravity. The, the law of gravity will exist without your belief or your opinion of it. Um, and you can't, you can't redefine gravity. Okay, you, you can try all you want, you can have your own opinion, but you can't redefine gravity. And so there is a consequence to abandoning truth and abandoning the law of God. That This is what happens. You are bearing witness to these ideologies right in front of your face. You're seeing it unfold. You are seeing, in my opinion, the collapse of civilization right before your eyes. So I'm going to touch on one more document and um, we're going to talk about some scriptures too. Okay, so let me just make some quick comments about that whole Katanji uh, Jackson video. So, you know, I remember when that video came out, some people were saying, um, oh, they're just questioning her because she's black and this, this and that. And they made it a race issue and ignored like her principles and, and her ideology. It's like some people didn't even take into account the exchange that she had and her inability to answer such a simple question. They just jumped right to her color and were quick to support her because she was the, the first black female on the Supreme Court. And, you know, sometimes what I see is I see people sacrificing their uh, color. I'm sorry, sacrificing their principles and values in the name of color. And I saw that with Obama. I remember when when he ran, you know, some people just voted for him just because he was the first black president. Didn't even understand his worldview. Don't, 
some people didn't even agree with his worldview. They or they don't even share the same values. Didn't share the same values as him, but yet just voted for him because, you know, he's black. And I I, I see this pattern, you know, with some people just sacrificing their morals and principles in the name of color. But anyway, I wanted to talk about some scriptures that um, mention or that give examples about the distinction between male and female. And, um, you know, some people say, um, oh, well, I'm not a Christian and I don't believe in Jesus. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the Bible. And so I would ask that person, by, by what standard do you judge right and wrong? By what authority do you say something is right and something is wrong? A lot of times I hear people say, um, oh, well, you know, I, I feel it's wrong. I feel it's wrong. I feel it's right. And again, I ask by what authority, by what standard? And a lot of people say, oh, well, by my own. So what I hear is that some people are just basing their morality on their opinion and nothing more. You know, a lot of people have opinions. Hitler had an opinion. A lot of tyrants have opinions. Um, a lot of uh, thieves and murderers have opinions. Who are you to say somebody is right and somebody's wrong? If it's just your own standard or your own opinion, then there, there you don't have any real moral standards or real moral codes. It's just your preference. So what I'm saying is that Mankind needs an absolute standard and an absolute moral code that exists above him, her, to govern humanity. We need an absolute moral standard that is superior to our opinions. Because if we're just stuck with our opinions, all we have is moral chaos in the end. We don't have any real morality or any real moral standards or codes. We're just competing with ideas and opinions and preferences, and that's it. And so in the end, what we have is moral chaos. And this is why you have people like Rachel Levine, you know, promoting this idea of puberty blockers and, you know, saying it's okay for kids to take these puberty blockers so they don't go through puberty blocks their natural development as a man or a female, or that it's okay for uh, children to remove their private parts so that they can be what they want to be, or, you know, attempt to be a different gender than they were created to be. Basically defy science. It's okay. Why? Because that's based on their opinion. But we know that this is not right. Why? Because there are absolute moral principles. So, let me uh, read a few scriptures. So Genesis uh, one twenty seven. it says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Deuteronomy 22, verse five, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. So it's saying, I mean, even there's differences in clothing. That's that's laying a, that's giving you a distinction right there. You know, when you see a man in a dress, obviously there's something awkward about that. You know, deep down inside, there's something weird about a man in a dress and some high heels. And and this goes back to Deuteronomy. 
thousands of years ago, right? Uh, Leviticus 20, 13, if a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. So there you go again, another distinction. If a man lies with a male the same way he lies with the female. So that is implying that there's a certain way to lie with a female, okay? There are certain standards, there are certain rules of conduct when it comes to this. Okay, so let me go on to Romans chapter 1 verse 24, and this is talking about the consequences of when man abandons God's, God's law, God's truth, when humanity walks away from truth, the ultimate truth, when, when humanity um, tries to supp suppress truth. So it says, um, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among uh, themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. So here we have the scripture referring to the natural use of man and woman. Clearly it's making a distinction between male and female and it's saying there's a natural use for each gender um again there are gender differences and this is what this is saying um and i'm gonna i'm gonna touch give some commentary on an article and we'll wrap up and um but before that let me say this um you know joe biden is 80 years old and this means that he has had 80 years of experience on planet earth 80 years of knowledge and experience. And I ask you, what, what does it say about a man that has reached that age and doesn't know the difference between a male and a female? Honestly, I think he does know the difference, but he's compromising what he knows to be true to please a certain group of people, which is, I mean, just as bad or, I mean, it's pretty shameful, in my opinion. Um, he's promoting this, I this idea that you can be whatever you want to be. And this is a self-evident truth that we know about. We've been dealing with it for thousands of years since the beginning of time. Um, but what does it say about his character? You know, at this age in life, he's promoting this confusion about such a basic subject. I really think it is shameful. Um, you know, you got to question, what have you learned in life in these 80 years that you've been in existence? What have you learned? I mean, if this is, if you believe that this is, that this is okay, then what, what has life taught you really? What has it taught you? Um, you know, I think one of the advantages of being an elder is that you you gain wisdom through life and experience. But when you reach a certain age and you believe in foolishness, how can you guide the younger generation? You know, what wisdom can you impart to the youth? A lot of young people are already misguided and, and, and they're looking to the elders for, for wisdom and guidance, right? But if the if the elders or the, the elderly are blind and are misguiding the youth, then what are we going to have? 
We, we have basically the blind leading the blind. Um, now, this is why I say, like, this is what happens when you abandon truth and you abandon God. You know, there's, there's times when men suppress truth. And in uh, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it addresses this. And, and it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. So here is talking about men suppressing truth, pushing down the truth, denying what they know to be true. That's, that, that's what happens when you suppress reality. Um, and God has made some, has made these things self-evident. It says that, you know, the invisible things of him, of creation speaks for itself. It's clearly seen. So you're without excuse because these things are like right in front of your eyes. Um, and then it talks about your heart being darkened because you continue to deny truth. And this is, I, be, I believe this is the judgment. Like when you keep denying truth, you keep denying reality. Eventually, your mind is handed over to darkness. It's like you're numbing yourself to truth and morality. You know, this is like when people talk about how uh, killers or people committing crimes, they do these things. As they do these things over and over and over again, they become desensitized to these things. And so their minds are being darkened and being handed over. Um, into darkness and you, you you're kind of like numbing yourself from um morality you're making yourself numb and so one more scripture um romans 128 it says and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a debased mind to do these things which are not fitting so here it's saying that you know they didn't want to practice a godly way of thinking or a way of thinking that reflects God and truth. And so God gave them over to a depraved, a debased mind, which is a judgment in itself. When you abandon God, you abandon truth. Um, this is what, what happens when you deny truth and you suppress it. Your mind gets darkened and depraved. And, and, and this is what we're seeing here. We're seeing people who are basically denying truth and their minds are becoming more darkened. And, and when your mind, this is, I, th what I'm saying is that this is like becoming so evident with this whole gender thing. The fact that something so simple could be twisted around, you see? Something that's so self-evident could be turned upside down. It means that you are trying so hard to suppress what is self-evident and right in front of your face, and you turn it on its head. 
And now you think it's okay. You know why you think it's okay? Because your mind has been depraved and darkened and you'll become desensitized from suppressing the truth for so long, for for denying the truth. And so something that is twisted and immoral appears to be okay to you. That's what happens when you when you develop a depraved mind. So um, lastly, I want to touch on um, this article real quick and just uh, wrap it up. Okay, so let's um, just wrap this up. And um, I wanted to touch on this um, article as um, the last piece to this video. So basically... Um, well, first of all, let me start by saying this. I do not hate trans people. Let me just make that clear because, you know, I'm giving a critique on this worldview and, and this lifestyle and these policies. But I, I try to do things from a, a biblical, excuse me, a biblical perspective and, and base my morality and worldview on the scripture. Um, But I do not hate trans people. Let's just make that clear. And and you should be able to critique a lifestyle and, and to criticize policies and leaders without being labeled as someone that hates another person. Just because I criticize something doesn't mean that I hate that person. You know, everybody's allowed to have a certain opinion and to um, have a certain view on things. So, and the reason why I say that is because we we live in such a, a sensitive climate where, you know, you get canceled for everything and you get your YouTube account shut down and, you know, PayPal account shut down and all of this craziness just because you don't have the same view as somebody else or just because you speak out against something. So anyway, let's talk about this um, executive order that um, Biden wrote. It was in September... 12, 2022. Okay. Now we just went through all of these videos right now, touching on biology and gender and so forth. So this executive order, I thought this was pretty interesting before I go into the executive order. Let me say, let me say this. Um, constitutionally speaking, when a president writes an executive order or does anything, it really should be in line and, co- and consistent with the Constitution. So even when Congress passes laws, it should be consistent with the Constitution. Now, executive orders, to my understanding, um, are orders that are given in times of like an emergency. But even then, it's like an extreme measure in a sense. But even then, it should be in line with the Constitution. So when I look at this executive order, I don't know of any law that was passed by Congress um, regarding the bioeconomy and and, and biotechnology. I don't don't know of any law that relates to this executive order. If somebody does, please uh, let me know. Maybe send me some information. But um, when it comes to these executive orders, a lot of times these presidents abuse their authority and they just, um, I mean, right law. Some of these executive orders are just basically law. They're setting policy with the stroke of a pen and bypassing Congress. That's that's essentially what they're doing. They're just creating law on the spot. Boom. Executive order. That's it. 
So now I, I feel like we're, we're cr- not now, but we've been doing this, but we're crossing in, crossing over into um, authoritarian kind of behavior, you know, dictatorship kind of behavior where a president could just write an executive order, write a law, boom, on the spot. That's it. You know, um, and if you go to the Constitution, I got, I got a Constitution right here. So you should check out the presidential powers, what the president is allowed to do. And if you read, um, let me see, it's Article 2 of the Constitution. Those those describe the powers of the president. And you can go through the different sections. You got Section 1, talks about the qualifications to be elected president. Um, section 2 of Article 2 talks about the, the president being the commander in chief, controlling the military, things like that, conducting foreign policy. Um, section 3 of Article 2 talks about taking care and enforcing the law and the president, I'm sorry, the law should be consistent with the constitution. So again, go through article two of the constitution. I'm not going to read all the, the sections, but that lays out the, uh, the powers of the president and check it out and then look at it and then say, ask yourself, does he have the authority to do this? What I'm about to read. So anyway, this um, executive order is an executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. Sounds great, right? Great language. Now, he starts off saying, by the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as follows. I'll read this first paragraph. Or some of it just to give you an idea. And then I'm going to jump ahead because this thing is uh, 17 pages. And you can check this out for yourself too. So um, first section says, it is the policy of my administration to coordinate a whole of government approach to advance biotechnology and biomanufacturing towards innovative solutions in health, climate change, energy, food security, agriculture, supply chain, resilience, and national economic security. Central to this policy and its outcomes are principles of equity, ethics, safety, security that enable access to technologies, processes, and products in a manner that benefits all Americans and the global community, maintains the United States technological leadership and economic competitiveness. That's a lot right there. So I mean, here you got the president getting involved with basically everything that affects our life. You know, when you look at it, we're talking about health that affects you, climate change, climate affects you. We all got to live with climate, energy that affects you, food that affects you, security, agriculture, everything. So it's like, you know, this executive order is touching everything in your life, pretty much. And that shows you the influence and the power that a president can have, shouldn't have. But taking it upon themselves to have with just the stroke of a pen with an executive order. Now, I'm going to skip to the third paragraph, which I found to be, which stuck out the most to me. I found it to be the most troubling. And here's why. Let me just read this real quick. Okay. So it says, for biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way 
in which we write software and program computers, unlock the power of biological data, including through computing tools and artificial intelligence, and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles of commercialization so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster. Did you hear that part when it talks about, well, first of all, first of all, he's, we're, we're talking about biology. We're getting into nature. This is what biology is. So let me read this paragraph again. It says, we need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. Does that not sound crazy to you? We're talking about getting involved with biology to the extent that we are writing circuitry for cells. You have cells. I have cells. Animals have cells. Humans have cells. This order is saying they want to write circuitry for cells and predict and program biology, program nature, okay, in the same way in which we write software and program computers. So they want to treat nature and biology like a computer like software and program it. Does that not sound crazy to you? Now, after what I just shared, showing you all of these different videos and showing you Joe Biden approving of children transitioning to a different gender, okay, putting people in his administration who, who approve of kids taking puberty blockers to block the development of their, their natural growth and to change their gender. Do you think Joe Biden is qualified to get involved in the area of biology? Do you think after watching those videos, do you think this is a man that should be getting involved in biology and science after watching those videos? Obviously, I'm, I'm going to say no, okay? Because clearly he doesn't understand the, the, the simple concept of gender, but yet wants to write an executive order that touches on science and biology when he, his idea of biology and, and science on the gender issue is not correct, okay? But yet he wants to write an executive order on it. To the point where we're talking about programming biology, like treating biology and nature like it's a computer, okay? Writing, writing circuitry on cells, okay? Um, so what do you expect to come out of this? Because personally, I feel like now we're crossing in, we're crossing over into mad scientist kind of territory. Where, where now we're starting to tinker around with um, with nature and biology, and dangerous things can happen when you do that. And I and you already saw what happened in 2019, 2020, when that thing broke out, the thing started spreading. You know what I'm talking about? People playing in labs and doing all this craziness, right? So I'll say this. I'll just wrap up and, and, and say a few more things. Um, like I said before, you know, when Trump was in office, we heard people calling him a Nazi, fascist, 
um, white supremacists, all of this. And there was so, so much outrage. I mean, to the extent that, you know, people were cutting off relationships, lifelong relationships that they've had with other people, family, friends. I've heard stories of marriages going sour because, you know, one spouse supported Trump. Um, I mean, I've seen posts on Facebook with people saying, if you supported Trump, you know, don't, don't contact me. And I don't care if you're a family or if we've known each other for several years. And I mean that things like this, people willing to go to the extent to cut off family and friends because their family and friends supported someone they didn't like. This is, this is how strong of a position that they took on a, on a leader. So it shows you the moral outrage that they had for this man, right? Now, when it comes to this, and I'm looking at this man's policies, Joe Biden's policies, some of those same people are very quiet. They're not saying anything. There's a lack of outrage. Um, there, there's no accountability, right? And so I'm just, I'm question, and especially with, with something like this, this is why I use this example of gender because it's such a simple concept and I, I don't see any type of outrage or anything. And, and pe- some people are just going along with it. But yet, you know, for the last, for the past, uh, previous, for the previous administration, there was tons of outrage, but, but none here. And so that leads me to ask this question. Are you really concerned with morality and the character of a leader and the character of a nation? Are you really concerned about it? Are you really concerned about society? Or are, are you only concerned when someone is someone that you don't like that's in power? Or when your team wins? Or your guy gets into office, do you just brush it? Do you just brush that morality and that moral outrage under the rug? And are you no longer concerned when when your guy wins or your team wins or the person that looks like you and has the same color as you wins? Do, do you lose your concern then? And, and this is the hypocrisy that I see. Because I see outrage for one person, and when their guy wins and their team wins, I don't see any outrage. I don't hear Pete, nothing. I mean, and it was crazy. It was over the top. When when Trump was in office, I mean, the guy, let's just be honest, like the guy could not even breathe without being persecuted or crucified or something. Like it it was just, I've never seen that level of um, attack against the president. It it was crazy, whether you agree with him or not. I mean, like, the 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 coverage of him was was crazy, but anyway, um, I just think we we got to look ourselves in the mirror sometimes. You know, like I said, it's just I see a lot of hypocrisy going on. Um, and, and what's crazy is that some of you that support Joe Biden, you wouldn't even teach this to your kids, but yet you would go and support this. I don't get it. And you know better. A lot of a lot of you guys know better. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You know better, and you have nothing to say. And this is so extreme and so over the top. And nobody says anything. Not nobody, but you know, a lot of people. It's just it's just you know, 
They're like mice right now. Nothing. So that's what I have to say on that. And um, lastly, I would say that, you know, I, I've heard the question asked. Some people say, um, what would you have done if you lived in Nazi Germany? And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I would have stood up and I would have I would have risen up and um, protested and this, this and that. And, you know, when I look at what's going on now, especially with this issue and 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 the lack of outrage and the lack of protest from some people who support this, I say to myself, you know, I don't think that those same people would have done anything in Nazi Germany, to be honest, judging off society and, and the character of society now, I don't think anybody would have stood up. It seems like it. Because look at what we're doing now. Look, look at how far we have come. Like, if you would have told somebody maybe 50 years ago, 60 years ago, oh yeah, the, the leader of the nation is going to say that it's okay for little boys to be little girls and to, and he's going to put people in his administration that promote substances called puberty blockers. And the people in his administration are going to be transgender people and they're going to promote this ideology. If you would have told somebody 50, 60 years ago, this is what the leader of the, the most powerful nation on earth would have been doing. They would have looked at you crazy. They would have thought, not, okay, you're a conspiracy theorist. They would have thought you were off the hook. Never, never would that happen, right? And and here we are. So like I said, man, I, I don't think a lot of people would have done anything different in Nazi Germany. Some, some people would have sat back just like a lot of people are sitting back right now and don't really have much to say. And um, again, are you really concerned about morality? Are you really concerned about the character of a nation? Are you just going along? Are you willing to tolerate immorality when that immorality is being committed committed by someone that you like, someone that looks like you, someone that's on your team, on your party? Are you are you willing to just go along with it? And on that note, I really think that we should pray for the president. We should pray for Joe Biden. We should pray for this man that, you know, he he gets, he obtains the knowledge of God and that he develops a sound mind to, to view these things and to view the world. We really should pray for him. I'm serious. All the Christians out there, you should pray for him because there, there are consequences to having a bad worldview because like I just showed you, now this man wants to get into the get get involved in the area of biology. Okay, so we we don't know what could result or what the results can be from that. When you have a twisted worldview and you want to get involved with different areas of life, that twisted worldview can play itself out in a disastrous way in those those different areas. If you're a if you have a corrupt view on business. And you become a businessman, you start stealing, you start cheating, you start doing all this, all these unethical things as a businessman. Why? Because your worldview is twisted. So we need to pray for this man, regardless of what you think, you, you know, you don't like him, whatever. In the same way that a lot of y'all people, a lot of people hated Trump, you should have been praying for Trump. I, 
I guarantee a lot of people <laughs> were praying for him because they hated him so much. But yeah, we need to pray for our leaders, seriously. You know, because at the end of the day, that's our fellow, these are our fellow men. We're all human beings. When we see the next man about to walk off the cliff, we need to tell our fellow man, hey, you're about to walk off that cliff. Something crazy could happen to you if you walk off that cliff. As your fellow man, I want to, I just want to give you a warning. We need to look at each other like human beings and have, you know, some love for each other, even when we're doing wrong. Tell the next man if he's doing wrong, hey, listen, I don't agree with this and here's why. And I got to I got to be up front because if I stay silent about it, you're just going to continue walking down that dark path. And in the end, it could lead to destruction. That's that's what an honest, compassionate human being does to his brother, to his fellow man. But anyway, I'm going to end on that note. On that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I hope you took value away from it. Challenge me. Let me know. What did I get wrong here? You know. Send me a a comment, drop some comments, some text, whatever, whatever you got to do. But anyway, um, I'll be back and we're going to keep this thing going and um, we'll uh, put out some other videos shortly. So on that note, stay tuned. Peace.